and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better. And we are very excited here at Team Betfair because today was a very big day. We announced that we have a new ambassador in the form of none other than Rachel Blackmore. And my goodness me, if you haven't seen the video that went out on Twitter, do go and have a look at it to announce her working with Betfair because even I was watching that video thinking, God, that many grade ones. And like, she is an absolute, I mean, it goes without saying, world-class sports star. She's reached areas that we will never be able to reach, Kevin Blake and Tony Calvin, in terms of public and, yeah, just the fact that she's known literally across the world. Do you know a little secret about this, right? As a test after she won, was it after she won the Gold Cup? Oh, no, I don't think it was. Oh, no, it was after she won the National. Here we go. Some friends said to me, just as a test, write a letter to Rachel from England and just put Rachel Blackmore, Ireland, and see if it gets uh, no. And lo and behold, it got to her. That's <laughs> brilliant. of a world-class star. You must, be one of the, you must have been one of the few people who's got Rachel right. Ah. <laughs> it, really annoys me when, it really annoys me when people go on Twitter and social media and put, oh, yeah, I love Rachel. She, and then she spelled her name without the A. It's like, oh. Very tricky. That that's so UTC to be wound up about that. But anyway, yeah. That <laughs> you pray somebody. At least they get their bloody name right. And there's not many sports stars across, let alone Ireland, just the world full stop that you can write their full name and their country and the letter will get to them. And it wasn't even delayed. It got there in a matter of days. So there you go. That's how much of a star Rachel Blackmore is. And now she's with us, Team Betfair. And I, as you can tell, I'm absolutely delighted. Myself, Kevin Blake, Tony Calvin, Barry, everyone, Dan going forwards, we'll all be working with her on this podcast, preview shows, all sorts of stuff kicking off. I cannot wait and on top of all of that excitement we have dublin racing festival to look forward to this is the first of two shows this week for racing only better and on top of all of that excitement we have the offer for you which bet 10 get 10 guys this is it tony calvin loves this offer with Cheltenham just a few weeks away you can get a 10 pound free bet when you bet £10 worth of racing multiples available every Saturday from now until the Cheltenham Festival. Plus this weekend for the Dublin Racing Festival, it's on both Saturday and Sunday. So that's, you get a free £10 bet when you bet £10 worth of racing multiples Saturday and Sunday this week. But T's and C's, very important. They are in the show's description. Please ensure you have to opt in to the offer ahead of placing a qualifying bet. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking either a promotional banner or heading directly to our promotions page and clicking opt in. So there you go. I've ticked every box. I can just sign off I now. I'll tell you what, you want to be routinely drug tested after that. You're a fart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overexcited. This is, for me, Dublin Racing Festival and obviously the dogs tagged on the end of it. This is the best five days for me of the year. I love this. I'm heading over to Ireland. Can't wait. But of course... ITV Racing, we've got Sandown, Musselburgh, Weatherby, loads to get through. TCT, quick check-in with Weatherwatch. How are you after all that excitement? I am. <laughs> I have to go for a lie down. Um, <laughs> yeah, it basically is good to soft everywhere. Um, I'm not sure what they're giving it in Ireland at the moment. Is it yielding to soft over there at the moment? But even Yeah, call, call it good to soft and all money. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's good to soft everywhere. They've even been... You know, as we're down south here, they've even, it's been such nice weather. They've even been watering at Sandown from, from Tuesday onwards. They've even been hurdling the, uh, uh, watering the hurdles track. Um, yeah, so uh, good to soft Musselburgh, good to soft Weatherby, um, good to soft Sandown. It's good in places on the chase course, soft in places on the hurdles course. And yeah, it's, and in Ireland, we're, we're set fair for a sunny weekend, aren't we? So it's um, T-shirts at the ready. Well, now, now that we don't have dress codes, really is T-shirts at the web, at the ready, but we'll be discussing We that. never had dress codes in Irish racing. That's purely a, a British thing that they now have got rid of. You could, you could have worn your T-shirt. I've seen many a man in T-shirt and shorts and many a woman at Irish race courses from oh. the very best to the very bottom. Loosey-goosey, ideal. Love it. Um, should we kick on, guys? Sand down, because we do have a lot to get through on. As I say, uh, this is podcast one of two coming your way in terms of racing any better this week. But sand down, we've got four races to cover that are on ITV. We're going to... Five races. Sorry, TC. Sorry, five races. We're going to kick off with the 110. It's the novices 
handicap hurdle. It's over the two miles, four furlongs. And in terms of horses near the, nearing the top of the market, market sort of yet to develop, but we've got twin jets in there, twin power in there. I shut that door, heaven sent, hot rod Lincoln, all up near the top of the betting. Twin jets is currently the 11 to eight favorite in the sort of unformed anti-post market. Um, and twin power fours and I shut the door as fours as well. Tony, we will start with you, please. Yeah, tricky race is not the kind of race I'd um, I'd normally have a bet in, but um, the prices have, have just appeared. Oh. And Hot Rod Lincoln at eleven to one seems a seems a massive price to me. Um, now, obviously, there's a lot to there's a lot to forgive with Hot Rod Lincoln. His last two starts at Hereford and uh, uh, at Lingfield have been have been pretty poor on soft ground. But if you go back to his Chepstow run. Uh, he's Chepstone fourth in November. He's really well handicapped off mark of 110. I mean, the horses that that was a maiden hurdle off levels, obviously. Uh, the, the three horses in front of him are now rated 134, 117, and 120. The horses behind him, fifth, sixth, and seventh, have all won one since, and the fifth and sixth one, and that starts out. So if he comes back to the form of that Chepstone uh, run, then he'll, you know, he. If he came here directly from that Chepstow run, he off a mark of 110, he'd be favouring here. Um, obviously, like you said, lots of a gift, but he's had a break since. Um, they put a first time tongue tie on, so maybe he's had a trouble with his breathing. Uh, and you need to go back to his point win in Ireland. He won his only point in Ireland. He won by eight lengths, and that horse is narrated in the mid 120s in Ireland. So a mark of 110. If you give him his last two runs, Hotwood Lincoln, 11 to 1. It could easily, he's the kind of horse that could easily be a punt in this kind of race. So 11 to 1's big, and I'd be more than happy to take my chances at double figures. Okay, like it. Bigger priced horse away from the more fancy types. Kev, who have you fallen on here? Yeah, tough race now, but I thought um, I shut that door was really interesting. Joe Tizard, um, a good example of why. Um, English trainers aren't very good at handicaps compared to the Irish here <laughs> because this horse, this horse had two lovely runs over two miles, was clearly finding it a bit sharp, was heading for a mark of about 90, I'd say. And rather than do the right thing and run up over two miles again, they've up to the two mile five and he's absolutely bolted up, showed 30 pounds of improvement. And now they get to start in the handicaps off a mark of 120. Oh, you um, Irish should be, keep quiet when it comes to getting your horses well handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, anyway, bolted up at 50 to one last time. And he was actually really impressive. Like the, the step up and trip clearly really suited him. A um, little bit out to his left at times, like, but he, he settled, having initially been keen enough, he eventually settled well enough there after a few, after a few hurdles. And, and like he made up really stylish ground, hit the front before two out, kind of had the race wrapped up, but was just green and gawky and a bit all over the shop, made a mistake at the last and was still green up the run in and ultimately won by two and a quarter lengths, um, but was value for much more. And the second and third have come out and quitted themselves well in handicap company. Like, so I think the form's actually all right. Uh, and while you'd be headbutting the wall uh, at what you left behind in terms of what could have been his initial mark, um, he's open to a fair bit of improvement still. And that, that win at Win Canton showed a lot of raw ability and a mark of 120 um, won't be beyond him, I'd say. So uh, I thought he'd be near enough after, to be honest. I, I thought that was quite striking. Um, but um, he's, you know, in the region of four to one or so. And I, I thought that was very fair. Yeah, yeah, he is currently four to one with the Betfair prices, which, as TC has just said, they have come through now. So we are working off them. Four to one shout for Kevin, bigger priced for TC. On we go to the Dolos handicap chase at 145 at Sandown over just shy of the two miles. And Dolos is in here at 11 to four, top of the market to try and win the race for a Fourth time, is 45th it? Yeah, fourth time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the age of 10, pretty incredible. He's won it three times before, coming here to try and win it for the fourth. And he's the 11 to 4 market favourite. Eclair Dane, next best at 9 to 2, had that good reappearance run. Looks to step forward from that on just the second start this season. Red rookie, Tom Bellamy, Emma Lavelle, 9 to 2, third best in the market. Frere Bamboo in there, won here at Sandown before at 5 to 1. Um, not even bigger prices. The rest have just rattled off the top four there, TC. But as the market suggests, it's not just going to be that easy for Dolos, is it? No, I think this is the, probably the hottest renewal he, he's um, he's taken part in. He, obviously, he's won three. He's finished second in his two other starts. So 
a very impressive record. And I think it was only today that they named the race after him. Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't named after him at the five-day stage. So, oh. um, so obviously, they've acknowledged that. And obviously, he's got a very good chance. Um, it's four front, uh, full four goes in the race. So that should suit his style. Um, yeah, left to force probably a fair price without being, you know, being usually kind of like enticing because... I can make a case for all eight in here quite easily. I think he'd like to see. I think he's quite a deep renewal. You've got some last time out winners in here. You've got some progressive horses. But against that, I mean, Donos is only three pound higher than when beating Prero Bamban four lengths in this race last year. And, um, you know, like I said, there's, there's a lot to recommend him about it. But 11 to four, I can let him pass. And like I said, when I can make a case for every single runner in that handicap, I, I just have to walk away. But yeah, I think Dolos is, is a fair, it's a probably a fair and a fair enough price at eleven to four. Okay, but just to confirm, a no bet race for you? No, I won't have a bet. No. Interesting. Okay, what about you, Kev? I thought Red Rookie was interesting. Um, Emma Lavelle, um, unexposed over fences compared to most of these, and another example of why British trainers aren't good at handicaps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when they ran this fella in the Arca last year, he was rated 138, and he actually was running really well. Like, go back and watch it. Like, he, he was, no, he wasn't going to be stuck in the finish or anything, but, like, he, he was actually splitting um, Warlord and Ode Calours, um, Ode Oncalours, sorry, um, when he took a kind of an unlucky fall at the last. He just clipped it. But, he, like, he travelled well and didn't look out of place for an awful long way. Uh, and that run makes him look pretty fairly handicapped. Now, he, he ran off that mark at Chepstow on his return up mid-range trip, uh, and it didn't really happen for him. But I'd say coming back down to two miles now when there's plenty of pace in front of him, which there promises to be, um, it, it might just suit him. And he, he's w- much less exposed than most of a lot of these, basically. And look, the fact that Emma Lavelle, who, who I'm slagging, but... Um, you know, is clearly a very capable trainer. The fact that she gave him a go in the Arkle um, does tell you something in, in terms of the regard he's held. Um, so, yeah, I take my chance with Red Rookie. Nothing against Dallas at all now. I'm sure he'll run very well and the best of luck to Mighty Horse, but um, Red Rookie would just make more appeal at the prices. Okay, you can see that. So that's nine to two Red Rookie for Kev. No bet for TC, but nothing against Dolos. On we go to the Silly Isles Novices Chase. This is the grade one in, in the UK on Saturday. Over the two miles, four furlongs. And we've got only just the five runners. Kind of wouldn't expect many more in this type of race. But we've got Jerry Kalam over from Ireland for the Gordon Elliott team. And he's at the top of the market at 11, uh, 10 to 11 with Betfair at the moment. Mon Morale in there at four's next, next best. Thunder Rock, fours, Balco Coastal, nine to two, and then an outsider in Bow to Greatness at 66 to one. So, TC, where to start with this? Is this a bet race for you? Are you taking on the Irish challenger? Yeah, if I can get him in around about even money, I think I might lay him and have the field running for me because um, even though he's got the best form and he's obviously got a very good profile, seven from seven, including his his point. Um, but, you know, Gordon Elliott was talking about maybe the National Hunt chase after that win last time. And I think he's only coming here because he wants to split up uh, Mighty Mighty Potter and him. Uh, Mighty Potter runs in the two-mile five on the Sunday. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think he's just coming here with that. And all its form, all, well, all his best form, although he has run on a, on a bit of more decent ground, is in, in much deeper ground than he's, he's likely to get here. As I said earlier on, it's it's good to soft good in places despite the watering at Sandown. And that probably wouldn't be ideal. So, yeah, with that in mind over, over, this, over this trip, I think he might be worth taking on. Uh, I quite like Thunder Rock for the three miler. So maybe this two mile four will, will suit that. I think he wasn't wasn't seen to anywhere near best effect from well off the pace last time. I think he could have been given a more aggressive ride, albeit he did make some mistakes early on that knocked him back a bit. So I, I do like Thunder Rock, maybe over a longer trip. And even though Belco Coaster only won a handicap of mark of 133 last time, he was wildly impressive there. Um, and you know, he doesn't have that much to find, but with, with you know with Suppose grade one horse is coming up from that handicap win. So, yeah, I I, I might play. I might lay Jerry Colomb or I might back Balco Colstil and 
Thunder Rock around about nine to two on the exchange and Dutch those. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be against the favourite at the price. Okay, interesting. Deb, surely you're not abandoning um, Jerry Kalam at this stage. No, I'm on, I'd be on a similar route to TC now. Um, like okay. they've run here uh, in the hope and assumption that they'd get um, softer ground than they would have got at Leopardstown. Um, as, as Tony says, like I don't think they're necessarily going to get it, um, but they have got a more winnable option. Um, like you'd, you'd like what he's done over fences. Like he's he's a he's a good solid jumper. Does go a little bit left, um, which which you wouldn't want to do too much of here. Um, like he was a bit like I don't think the the grade one at Limerick was really for him. Like they they pretty much crawled around, and for a horse that will stay very well, like it was only in the run in that he really asserted his dominance over what are what are probably faster horses than him. So look, it was a fair effort. It wouldn't be a shock at all if he wins. But look, as an odds on Fav on ground, he's probably not going to love over a trip that's probably short of his best. Um, fact of the day, Gordon Elliott didn't even enter him in the Turners. He's entered in the in the Brown Advisory and the the Three Mile Sixer. Uh, so you know that that gives you a little hint as to what Gordon thinks he is. So it wouldn't be a shock if he's beaten. Um, and in terms of the one to go against him with, um, it's interesting. A Thunder Rock and Balco Coastal both did a similar thing in um, beating Solo by you know eight ten lengths in the handicap at Thunder Rock. Um, did so, you know, get, you know, did it on worse terms. And like for me with Thunder Rock, I was really impressed with him that day at Ascot. You know, right-handed track. He was a lovely straightforward ride, ridden handy, um, went the way up the run in. Um, but then went to Cheltenham and like, I don't know if he just wasn't loving the track or things just conspired against him or they experimented with a quieter ride and it didn't work out, but he just shaped so differently. Um, like he he just looked slow that day under a quieter ride and finished off really well, and I'm just hoping that the return to a more orthodox right-handed track and a more forward ride hopefully will bring him back to what we saw at Ascot. Um, he's a little bit hard in your mouth because he, he just I'd be interested to see him at Sandown. I'm going to be at Sandown on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not over big because he does seem to have kind of like a a low technique mm-hmm. all the time, and he can just. You find himself flicking through the top and he, you'll see him nod quite a bit on the landing side. But I'd say there's plenty of ability in there. And this, you know, trip and track might be what brings it back out after a kind of a little bit of weight. In fairness, he ran well at Cheltenham, but I think he's better than that. And hopefully he'll show it here. OK, like it. Thank you very much, Kev. <laughs> On we go to the handicap hurdle. And um, that is the 255 at Sandown. It's over just shy of the three miles, two miles, seven and a half furlongs. Got a nice big field. 15 runners. Flight deck is up at the top of the market for team John Joe O'Neill, JP McManus, nine to two right now. Remastered five to one for David Pipe, Tom Scooter, or Call Me Lord, looking to continue the good run of the double green for Nikki Henderson, Ben Bromley at seven to one. Uh, Jeff of Magic in there at sevens for the Paul Nichols team. Again, just rattled off the top few in the betting there. But as that suggests, it's a wide open market, as you would expect, for decent prize money, TC. Yeah. Um, get an extra place for the sports book at the moment, four places. Wouldn't be surprised if you got an even uh, even um, even five uh, on, on Saturday. So watch that space. Uh, yeah, very competitive race. The two I like are Coquelicott um, at 10 to 1. And Green Book at nine to one. I'm probably going to back those both. I'm not decided yet. I'm going to have a, a deeper scan into this race on Thursday night. We're recording this at three o'clock. But yeah, Kakelikot has got form with uh, West Balboa and Glimpse of Gala. Obviously, they've both franked the form since. Uh, I think she's still well handicapped at mark 127. Um, they were going to get some black type into that fully, but the um, the races were abandoned. They had some soft listed races in mind for her, but I think off a mark of 127, I think she's still kind of like dangerous, well handicapped. You know, probably her best form is in softer ground, but this is Sandown we're dealing with, and actually she did actually win on good ground at uh, a good round previously as well. So yeah, I think she's very very solid. Green Book takes a bit of a a bit more boss persuading to back. Um, he was very, very disappointing on his return at Chepster over Christmas. But yeah, he was he was putting quite about two to one, nine to four early doors in that race. And he, he drifted out to four to one SP. And at one point he was five to one plus on the exchange. So where he needed that first run after a long break since April on a wind up, 
Um, I'm not so sure, but he ran like the market suggested. Uh, he ran no kind of race there, but he's he's only a little bit higher than winning this race last year. Uh, and it was a good performance there, beating Beauport. So uh, if he comes back to the the winning the race last year, I think he's uh, I think he's a player. And there's been some obviously very formative stages of the market. There've been a few nibbles around for him already. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, but yeah, Kakelika at tens. Green Book at nines, I'll probably end up tipping and backing both. Okay, Green Book was my selection in that race as well. Tentative, but the prices, I thought uh, he, with his profile, as TC has outlined, he was my selection. Um, on to the 3.30 TC, the handicap chase over the three miles again. Uh, Rapper is up at the top of the market for Richard Patrick and Henry Daly. Eva's Oscar in there for Alan Johns and Tim Vaughan around the five to one mark. Bangers and Cash, Keelan Woods, Ben Pauling, six to one. Broken Halo for the Nichols team in there at eights. Um, how did you land in this race, the last of the ones we're covering at Sandown? Yeah, um, I've backed Lascalin um, each way at seven to one. Um, it's a, again, we're getting an extra place for the sportsbook here. I just thought he was very solid. In fact, um, I thought he'd go well in the Skybet chase um, last week. I mean, I thought he had a really good chance at the five-day stage, but for some reason they didn't run him there. Um, maybe they thought the ground was too quick. Um, if that was the case, then maybe they they probably wouldn't be ideal, good to soft, good in places. But it remains to be seen how much Andrew, uh, Andrew Cooper's putting on the track, presumably maybe to get Jerry Colom over, among others. Uh, so hopefully it might it might even ride deeper than, than we think, the official description anyway. If it does, that'll suit Lascalin. Uh, but he, was, he wasn't that bad ground when he beat Ty Times at Ludlow. And I just found his stamina maybe have ebbed away over three mile two in what was really bad deteriorating ground at, at Newbury last time. But it was still a good run in third. Um, and yeah, back here off the same mark of a shorter trip. Uh, I thought Lascalin was very, very solid. So, yeah, I mean, if you're backing at seven to one each way, four places, I'd be disappointed if you didn't even get uh, your, your place return back. So, yeah, Lascalin each way. Okay. Thank you very much. On we go up to Musselburgh, covering a few races from there as well on Saturday, obviously all on ITV. And we start with their first, the 128 over the two miles, four and a half furlongs. It's the Frodon Novices Limited Handicap Chase, named after the great horse. Not long till May is your current market favourite at two to one. And next best is Drum Bear for John McConnell over from Ireland. Ben Harvey in the saddle, nine to four. Halo Dezobo for the Nichols team. Bryony Frost in the Frodon colours, three to one. So they'll be aiming to win the race named after their good horse. Bear Gills, Lorcan Williams, Nicky Martin, six to one. I went to go see him once. Remarkable training setup down at Nicky Martin's yard. Um, half shot and diamond slate, half shot tens, diamond slate. The outsider at 40s, Kev, we will start with you. Fascinating little contest this. Yeah, look, nothing too mental for me here. Um, not long till May. When have you ever very... too mental? Like it's you. I was a bit mental, in fairness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not long till May. In fairness, was very good over course of distance last time. Like it's taken really well to fences. Had made a winning debut, winning chasing debut, I should say. And novice handicapper was much improved over course and distance last time. Like it was was out to his left the whole way, but it didn't really slow him down and he kind of had the race wrapped up an awful long way out uh, and won by a long way and look the handicapper has given him a right old whack um, of £10 but he did earn him and look in fairness he seems to be on, the, on a bit of a march now he's found what, um, what suits him best and I wouldn't like to think that he's um, that he stopped improving yet so I would go with a lot, not long till May Okay what about you TC in this? Yeah um I thought Bear Gills is quite a decent price at six to one. Um, the angle into this race is is a pace angle because five of the five of the six in this race um, have gone forward in the recent past, and Bear Gills doesn't. So maybe the uh, the pace setup will suit him. Um, he's dropping in the weights. I mean that that return run um, when he was third to Beauport. Uh, in the Colin Parker was was a really good effort. Miller's Bank was second. And you had the likes of Minetta Drama and Korash Rambler behind him in fourth and fifth. Uh, he was rated 102 when he went, uh, 142 when he went into that race. He's now 138. You do have to forgive him a poor run last time, but 
connections blame themselves uh, for running him again too quickly. So he's had a good break since that that disappointing run. And I was surprised when I went back and looked at his form. He went up 15 to 2 in Bob Ollinger's um, Ballymore when he finished fourth there. I mean, that was when I went to do the feature on him. Yeah, yeah he was very totally by surprise. He, he he went off so short there. I mean, that was a that was a good renewal, wasn't it? I mean, that was the likes of Brave Man's game in there. And Gallard de Manil, I think, was second in, in, in that race as well. So yeah, I mean he's a really good hurdler. And I think even if he if he comes back to that form of that Carlisle, uh that Carlisle run on his reappearance, I think he's handicapped to win us of 138. And like I said, the pace setup is an added bonus. So yeah, I think six to one's fair. Yeah. Okay, on we go to I was gonna call it the for the, the race for the sloggers, but really on good to soft ground, it's probably unfair to say that. But the 203 at Musselburgh is the Edinburgh National, the handicap chase, and it's over just shy of the four miles. As I say, good to soft ground. Slipway is your favorite at five to one for Luca Morgan and Ben Pauling looking to follow up his uh, seasonal reappearance win. Truckers Lodge in there, the old boy 11 to one for Paul Nichols, Freddie Gingell, slow old boat that is at six to one. Captain Catterstock, um, Liam Harrison, Fergal O'Brien at sevens looking to win the race that he won last year again, coming in here in pretty decent form in fairness to him and Doyen Breed is next best in the market at sevens for Johnny Burke and Sandy Thompson so Kev we will start with you again um yeah race for the slow old stayers this I love it you have it I absolutely love me an ice boat and this is a race full of fine boats and uh, of course, to get to get your boat onto the water, Vanessa, you need a slipway, and uh, I, I quite like slipway. <laughs> uh, see what I did there? Oh, that's high quality stuff. That's um, sort of like that's sort of Dan Barber type territory, almost. <laughs> that's your look. When the great man's not here, we have to do our best. Um, of, of course, Ben Pauling absolutely did me over with this horse last time. Um, still haven't forgiven him. Um, he was double declared at, at Cheltenham and Fontwell on the same day. I tipped him for uh, Cheltenham, really fancied the horse. Uh, it was his first preference. And he non runnered him at, uh, at Cheltenham and he went and won at Fontwell. Thanks very much, Ben. Sound man. Um, but look, the, the gist, uh, I'm still not over it, but the gist of it here is um, he looked at an ordinary enough horse um, for much of his career, but he has looked very different the last twice. Um, marathon trips have really turned him inside out seems to absolutely love it Um, travels, jumps just looks a much happier horse in this type of race Um, he won the Highland National um, he won the Southern National (laughs) and now he's going for the Edinburgh National love it look we we haven't seen him since then but I I'd say we don't mind keeping him fresh and Look, I'm hoping he gets there in top order. We put our fate in Ben to have him in top order for Cheltenham. Um, he was in top order. He just ran him in the wrong race. Um, Luca Morgan, in fairness, he, he kind of he ended up in front an awful long way out at Perth. Like the race was wrapped up kind of four out there. And he seemed to take care to wait longer. Uh, Fontwell last time seemed to suit him really well. And I suspect he'll be kind of waiting as long as he dares again. Um, so I, I'd have this as a Grand National type of horse, Vanessa. I think he, he could be up to that. Um, so if that's to be the case, um, he'll want to win this and then he'll be off a lovely rating for it. So there you go. Do the, do the related contingency double, lads. The Edinburgh National to the Grand National. Give us a price, Barry. <laughs> Love it. Nationals. It's all about the Nationals. Way. Um, what about you, TC, in this race? Are you with, are you with Kevin here with the favourite five to one slipway? No. Um, I'll tell you what, we've got... Um, uh, we're coming up to the, the third anniversary of my biggest disgrace at the Dublin Racing Festival. I think I've told this story before, haven't I? We've got, we got the last two winners in here, Captain Catistock and Mighty Thunder. But when um, when Bob Marler won this race in 2020, I was watching the race in the uh, owners and trainers at the Dublin Racing Festival. And uh, I backed and tipped Bob Marler. And he, he came with a storming run on the outside after last, looking after looking beat. I won't say the word I used, but I said it quite a lot. And it was, like, <laughs> and it was like, come on, you, come on, you, get him up, you. And um, anyway, so I, and I obviously screamed at and he scuffed on the line by a short head. And I looked around me and everyone was like quiet, just staring at me. <laughs> and and, and I, I looked down and there was a load of children crowding, just, doing like that. And everyone, everyone just went, Calvin, you just 
Right. And so I apologise to everyone around me and bought a drink for anybody who's offended. Yeah. Look, because of course, to Irish children were, you know, were a very religious country. They never would hear such language in the, the daily course well, of their normal lives. So it was, it was a big uh, shock yeah, for everyone, was, I'd say. Yeah, it was, it, was quite, uh, it was quite pointed, my language, anyway. Um, but yeah, where was I? Yeah, um, I quite like Flower of Scotland. Um, I thought she was, um, obviously, she relished to step up to four miles last time at Kelso, but she's free from free there. Can she do it away from there for higher mark? Well, she'll see. I, um, I was going to tip up, uh, I was going to tip up Trucker's Lodge anti-post, but um, I asked Paul whether he's going to run it because uh, the horse probably needs a bit more dig in the ground than is likely. And, and he said he also had en Enrillo in the race, so... He didn't know what way he was going to go. So I, I actually, I waited off and he's running it here in spite of, you know, drying ground, good to soft. There is a little bit of rain at Musselburgh on Saturday, but not a, not a great deal of forecast. I think on the BHA site, they're being optimistic if they think they're going to get free meal. But anyway, Paul obviously thinks it's soft enough for this horse. And he's obviously, he's running off his lowest chase mark now because Truckers Lodge finished a distant fourth, admittedly, in the Welsh National last time, but it wasn't a bad effort. And the handicap had dropped him four pounds for that. So he's down to 137. Um, that's his lowest ever chase mark. Uh, you know he's a guaranteed stayer. Um, I think he comes in a bit of form. Uh, like I said, the assessor's just given him a huge chance. So um, I think he'll probably be around about six, seven, eight to one on the exchange or back in win only. But yeah, I, I mean, it's quite a deep race. Like I said, I, I, do, I do get the case for Slipway and, and a few of the others. But yeah, I'll chuck a few quid on Trucker's Lodge. Trucker's Lodge. I remember when he ran at Cheps, though, in his really early days, I remember seeing Harry Durham there and he said, this will be a Welsh national horse. And it was like his whatever, whenever his first run at Cheps, though, was. And then a few years later, he goes back and I thought this is going to be his day. And like you say, he, was, he ran all right, but he was fairly beaten. But yeah, I always thought on that heavy ground around there, a slog would suit him. But instead, we tip him up at Musselboro, or TC does anyway. Uh, TC, quick mention for the 316, a little Brucey bonus extra on ITV racing from Musselboro on Saturday. This is the two-mile handicap hurdle. Uh, Grivtana is up at the top of the market for Paul Nichols. Angus Chalina in the saddle, obviously taking the five off at five to two for this. Uh, Lebowski is next for Luca Morgan and Michael Scudamore at fours. Calling him in here, one here before for Donald McCain. Uh, Charlie Mags taking off the 10 at 13 to two. And mm. Nayati is next best. Another course and distance winner again for Donald McCain. But this one, the choice or or, I don't know, the booking of Brian Hughes anyway at seven to one. So um, intriguing jockey bookings there between the McCain horses, but Griftana at the top of the market for the Paul Nichols team. Yeah. Um, I'm, I won't do my Brian Hughes stick, but yeah, Brian Hughes was on Nayati last time and um, he won really well. I thought he got away lightly with a three pound rice for that. Uh, and I thought... Again, I looked at him anti-post, but he's also in the bet for hurdle a week on Saturday. And I thought, off a mark of 135, I thought they might wait and go for that massive pot. But they're coming here. Obviously, it goes well at the track. I do think he's well handicapped. Go and look at that win last time. He only won by a couple of lengths, but you know he beat his stable mate, ridden by the £10 claimer who were uh, rising in on Saturday. I think he beat him. I thought he was quite dominant at the finish there. If you look at his profile, you take away the, the run, the bad run in the slop at Sandown's hurdles course. He's a he's a progressive horse. Um, he won well previously to that Sandown run, and yeah, and he um, he was quite well backed at Musselburgh when he won last time. Yeah, so on the basis of that run last time, off just a three pound higher mark, even with the jockey on board, I just can't help myself. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've had my biggest bet of the weekend so far on ARTI at sevens. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Great. Very interesting. At seven to one. Um, let's fly down to Weatherby and pick up one race there, the 240 over the three miles. It's the Towton Novices Chase. It's the grade two. And Kev, we've got Bally Griffin Cottage up at the top of the market for Dan and Harry Skelton. Four to seven at the moment. So short enough price. Remarkably lightly raced this horse for an now eight-year-old, but obviously went on chasing debut when we last saw him. He takes on City Chief here. He's had more experience for the Nicky Henderson, James Bowen team. Um, O'Toole for the Crawford operation. Sam Ewing in the saddle at nine to two. Bella Trixer in there for Venetia Williams. Harry Bannister in the saddle. Bigger prices, 14 to one. So um, does Bally Griffin Cottage just take this off this little bit of a break? 
Um, I'd say so. He, he would have been. He would have had a great chance in the Silly Isles. Um, having these two races on the same day wouldn't make loads of sense. Um, but when has the program ever made sense, Vanessa? Because uh, this is a lovely horse. Um, look, he does stay well, but I'd say he'd be well able for two and a half miles. And gee, he was impressive. Now you'd like the way he jumped. Look, looked, looked a real made for chasing type, like loads of scope, measured. You know, kind of particularly clever when he got in tight. By one occasion where he had a bit of a had a bit of a crack at it and was perfectly fine, but um, otherwise he was well able to to do a dance in front of them and shorten up and lose no ground. And sure, look, he was he was in charge from a long way out. Beat Beauport, who's um, who's no mug, and Keldestan was you know back behind the ambulance. Um, so it was a, it was a fair effort now, and I'd be surprised if anything here can beat him. You know, they're all rated one thirty eight or, or less. He has to give away weight, but uh, I'd say this could potentially be quite a smart staying novice now, and I'd be hoping it's kind of a, a tour de force and he advertises how good he is. Um, I don't think he'll be troubled. Okay, do you concur those thoughts, TC? I wouldn't back him at four seven. No, um, I, uh, the sports book a top price nine to two against O'Toole, and I thought that's very interesting. Uh, I'd probably I'll be honest with you, I probably won't have a bet in these kind of races because they're just not my cup of tea. And O'Toole is unproven over three miles, but you know you're dealing with a horse here. I, albeit he only won off a mark of 130 on his chase debut at Newcastle, he did it really, really well. And you just look at some of his back form, O'Toole's back form. He, he, he split. Kilcourt at Sagerhard in a bumper at Punchestown. Um, I think it's grade one as well. So yeah. you know, he, that was his that was his chase debut there, uh, off a mark of 130. He got him very lightly there, considering that you know the, the bumper efforts. Yeah, and if he goes, if he does stay, I think he give, could give the favourite plenty to think about. But you know, with the stamina concerns, with it being a novice chase, with it being a full runner race, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, probably wouldn't be oh, I probably won't be having a punt, but yeah, if, if you ask me about Bally Griffin Cottage, at, even at four or six, the best price around against Knight of Toro Tool, I'll take the Knight of Toro with the Sportsbook, which, as I, I said, that is the biggest price going. Okay. All right, then. Um, Same after Dan Barber. <laughs> let's rattle on to the Dublin Racing Festival. Uh, we've got a few three grade oh, ones yes. to discuss there. Day one of the Dublin Racing Festival. Everyone who's into Irish national hunt racing will be there except Kevin Blake. Because <laughs> as he's already mentioned, he will be at Sandown. What a shocker that is. Um, but we'll kick off with the 155. That I'm, is the- I'm 20 minutes down the road from Sandown. Kevin's going to Sandown and I'm getting on a plane to go into Leopardstown. Yeah, I think I think I'm the only one going the other way. But you know, yeah. lads, you need you need the A team in to cover the big meetings. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they've well, got they- Sandown Brassic on course at Leicester. Yeah, um, I know I know you're on with so A must stand for arsehole. careful now (laughs) you'll upset him again (laughs) (laughs) excuse me team does anyone have any interest in taking on lossy mouth here at 4 to 11 raise your hand if you've got anything to say if not we'll just move on to the article Look, there's some nice horses in against her. Look, will she win? Yeah, probably. But look, I've been kind of I've been poking at her there for a little while that she hasn't run a good time yet. Like she's not actually a gifted jumper of a hurdle. Um, she does like she's a bit up in the air. She goes a bit left, but look, she's she's clearly quick. We know she's quick and very good. I'm hoping just for the sake of a completer set of information going into Cheltenham that we end up with a bit of a gallop here and we get to see her examined. Um, look, Willie controls this race clearly. He has pretty much everything in it, um, which, which isn't great. But look, in fairness to Willie, they run them against each other. Um, just a brief point on it, Vanessa, like because we're this is going to be a big talking point all weekend about Willie having so many runners. Like I hope, and I'm sure that that team is cognizant of how important it is that all these jockeys are seen to be doing their very, very best, all out to win at all times. Because the last thing you want here, and we've seen it on the flat a few times going back years, you know, with stable mates, you know, the the second fav not being given a hard time to chase down the fav, things like that. And it looks awful. And just on a stage like this, Willie's in a, in a great position of power and privilege. Um, I think everyone involved is, needs to be aware of the way that this can be perceived and the importance of, you know, giving, every, giving all the horses the very best chance. Um, and Has look, that I ever just been would, an issue though with Team Mullins? No, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. But 
it's just I think second strings win. No, I can't recall it being, but just that that particular magnifying glass is going to be really on it um, this weekend. So I just I came into my head, thought I'd say it, said now. Um, It has happened. It has happened in the past, and it has happened this season. I mean, a lot of people thought Ashro Diamond was given a very very easy one uh, when third behind the two. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a reasonable example. Yeah, yeah. Um, our boss is getting cross because we need to keep this tip, 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 tip tipping. Yeah, so. I, I just give a quick mention to Gust of Wind, who we haven't seen in Ireland yet, but um, we're watching that performance though. Tell you that that looked quite smart and um, will be a big price written by Sean O'Keefe, but um, wouldn't be surprised if he shaped up well. Okay, what about onto the Irish Arkle? Um, again, oh, here we go. The top four of Horse the top race. five in the betting, starting with Appreciate It, then Dysart Dynamo at five to two, Appreciate It six to four, sorry, Dysart Dynamo five to two. Bam Bridge is the sort of fly in the Willie Mullins ointment here for the team Joseph O'Brien, JJ Slevin at six to one. Then it's back to Mullins Gate with El Fabiolo at sixes, St. Wire at twelves, and then Gordon's got Phil Dore in there, who's probably too big a price at. 14s flame bearer for Willie Mullins again at 20s. Um, the, 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 we better start with you, Kev. Can Bam Bridge cause an upset for those Willie Mullins backers out there? Uh, be in amongst them now, Vanessa. Like, what a race this is! Like, you could you could call this the race of the weekend. Like, the, the Arkle at Cheltenham won't be as good as this, no. I don't think, de- depth wise. I know it'll have John Bomb, but it won't have this depth because there'll be a few bubbles burst in this, you can be sure. Um, yeah. and look, Bam Bridge needs to bounce back. He's getting his ground. Um, I think at Cheltenham the time before, he showed that he's a very good horse. Yeah, absolutely whomping. Tommy's Oscar is a, is a reasonable effort. And look, hopefully he bounce back. He's a reasonable price if you fancy him. The race has a, has a nice enough shape to it. And I wouldn't put you off. I wouldn't put you off Phil Dore that you mentioned. I think his run behind Sanwa is forgivable. Made a mistake at the wrong time. Got kind of fired back into the race and probably paid the price for it late on. It's, it's a difficult thing to do with Leopardstown, long way home, etc. So I give him another chance. I wouldn't even forget about El Visionarian. He, he's a massive price because he's a, a I suppose, a, a lesser set of connections, um, no disrespect intended. But he ran like very well, splitting Sanwa and um, and Phil Dore last time. It'll be a million to one. And I don't think there was any fluke there. So you could see him running well. But really and truly, Vanessa, I've done a lot of talking. To me, this is, this is a spectacle. These are all lovely, lovely novice chasers. I wouldn't be doing much picking at any of them. They all have their strengths. They all have the potential to go and win this. So let's have a horse race, lads, and find out which one's the best novice chaser in Ireland. Over this love trip. it, love it, love the enthusiasm for it, and I'm there for it too. Quite literally, unlike you. Um, what about you, TC? <laughs> it just, um, it just goes. I, mean, like, I don't know what Willie Mines is going to say. We're talking about the, the tactics. What's he going to say? His jockey's here. I mean, you know, Dice Art Dino, El Fiabiolo, Flame Bearer. Um, even appreciate it's obviously gone from the front, but I don't think he will hear. I mean, it's gonna, it's on paper, it just looks, it looks madness him running those four horses against each other. So, so fair play to him. I mean, like I said, it's, it's an absolute fascinating from, from a tactical angle, from a pace angle, from a depth angle. And, and we have seen Willie once who got before TC. Remember, there was the Irish Gold Cup a couple of years ago, Mellon and Kenboy went yeah. at it. To their both to their both of their detriments, and something was the blue tired came and picked them up late on. So it, I know I doubt it went down well afterwards, but it can't happen. Like we couldn't somebody. I don't think some of these have a great set of brakes on them. No. <laughs> they, they could go. <laughs> I don't, uh, like three of those, I don't think you can ride them any other way. But I, I haven't got any betting opinions, so I'll keep it brutal. What what I would say when I was looking at the race, it did make me chuckle. Willie's got five in the race. The two outsiders are the last time out grade one winner. And a horse who won by 38 lengths in a really, really quick time, i.e. St. Bart and Flamebearer. It's absolutely staggering depth, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> when you put it like yeah, that, your really grade one winner last time out is your 12 to what is your, <laughs> the 12 to one poke and your and your fourth string. Mad yeah, a horse that was four, the same, same horse was fourth in the champion hurdle last year. <laughs> Proper race, what a contest, lads! Come That'd on, be fascinating. On we go, it's great to be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll be in the bar watching it on a telly. The same, no, I'm not, I'm not drinking this weekend, I'm not allowed to drink this weekend. Oh, off the drink. Um, Galloping to Shams, obviously, and the kids with the crowns that they can rest these. <laughs> 
Uh, Irish Gold Cup, guys. Gallop in the shop. Oh, here we Ed's go. Willie Mullins again. Paul Townend, one to three. Um, he's your Gold Cup favourite, and he's out there to have a lovely little prep run, saunter around ahead of the big one in March. Statler from the same yard. Paddy Mullins in the saddle. Takes him on next best in the betting at nine to two. Kenboy, the Leopardstown sort of lover in there for Willie Mullins again. Rachel Blackmore, 12 to one. Fury Road, 20s. The big dog in there at 25s. Any second now, 33s. Franco the Port at 50s for Willie Mullins again. Um, but really, it's a case of what do we want to see from Gallop and the Champs this weekend, Kev? You want to see just a nice measured um, performance. You know, like, like look, we, we've seen, we know his form over fences. He's looked one of the one of the better um, chasing prospects. Well, certainly one of the best novices we've seen for a little while. And what he did on his return to Punchestown was very good. Um, like you look at his chase form in isolation and you say, ah, you know, we'll see what he's like over the trip. But like, don't forget, like his best run over hurdles was over three miles. <laughs> when like he, he didn't really respect hurdles. Like he made two quite bad mistakes that day at Punchestown and still absolutely hammered like a 150 horse in gentleman's game with Statler back in third. So like he, he does stay, um, but you just, just with a view to the gold cup, you just want to see him be measured and efficient and not, not get too strong and, and just listen to Paul um, would be the main thing I'm looking for. I don't want to poke around him too much and, and oppose him. The race doesn't have a super shape to it that way. Um, so look, will he get beat? I'd be very surprised if he did, but I do like Statler as a gold cup horse. Um, I think the, the increased do test I? of stamina. People laugh at me when I say this. I've literally been laughed at about this statement. Yeah, yeah, I can't see that now. Like, geez, he's only, uh, on his fourth start over fences, he, he gave eight pounds and a beating to Manel Indo over a trip that was too short, probably for the two of them, but certainly for Statler. Um, like, I think he's capable of running very well in the gold cup. Now, this, the thing is, he could get beat eight lengths here, second, to Gallop and the Champ, and that wouldn't necessarily put me off for the Gold Cup. So I'm hoping he beats the rest. If you want to bet without, if that's your thing, it would be Sattler. Um, look, he is the second fav, no prizes there. But I just want to see him come forward, run a good race, hit the line hard, um, even if that's at a respectable distance to behind Gallop and the Champ. Um, that's my main focus. But I could see Gallop and putting on a bit of a show here. And um, that's what I'll be looking forward to seeing from Sandow. Uh, TC thoughts on the Irish Gold Cup I hope he absolutely pisses in and I'll be looking to, very short <laughs> and, I, and I'll look into lay him around about five to four uh, for the Gold Cup immediately after the race when there's a massive overreaction because the time to get Gallup under shop is surely in the Gold Cup not here and if, you yeah, if you're going to if you're going to get him you'll get him there it's a... <laughs> uh, and like I said and if you want to get him in the book and you can get if he's wildly impressive over three miles here and you can lay him up even on the exchange if you if you lay him around about six to four, eleven to eight. That's probably what I will be doing. I'll just leave some bets up, uh, at, you know, maybe maybe two point five, maybe two point three, two point. They go shorter, TC. If he if he wins ten lengths here, like he could go even money odds on. Could well, he? you know, I'll keep on. I'll be happy to lay six to four, and I'll be well. It all depends on the nature of the win, obviously. So yeah, they love yeah. they love an overreaction these bookies you know and they, I think I think some of them have worked out that if you end up going shortest you'll get you'll get a name you get the name that's always <laughs> been the way isn't it yeah it's always been the way but yeah I mean like I said the exchange is a different uh, animal but uh, it's a more kind of like measured yeah sure enough yeah, of yeah, a performance yeah. but yeah I mean if I can get him in around about eleven to eight average then if he wins well there you know it all depends on the nature of the victory obviously but yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, as it stands, if I can get him in at 11 to 8, I will do afterwards. Okay, love it. Right, we just need naps to wrap up the show, guys. Uh, I will come to you first, Kev. Actually, I'm going to nap Dolos in the race named after him, the 145, despite saying it's very deep in behind him. I'm just hoping that target trainer Paul Nichols out to win this race with this horse for a fourth time. And I'm in desperate need of a winner now on the naps table because... <laughs> Luckily, I'm not just down the bottom of the table on my own. I've got Kevin keeping me company, but my God, it's a sorry state of affairs. So I'm napping Dolos, and that's my that's my nap of the weekend. Come on, Paul Nichols, deliver for me, please. Um, Kev, yeah, what's your nap, please? Oh, it's Slipway. I think I really like Slipway. Okay. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Slipway in the Edinburgh National. Well, you you would have won the big price that I picked one from Musselburgh. 
<laughs> no, I, I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, to be honest, myself and all the listeners were surely expecting you to nap Banbridge. But anyway, um, but no, not a bit of it. Uh, Slipway in the Edinburgh National for Kev and TC, your nap, please. You're going to have to read my column on betting.betfair for the 33 to 1 shot in a handicap chase uh, on Saturday in Ireland. But we haven't covered that here, so I won't go into that. It's Naoti, around about 7 to 1. Uh, at Musselburgh. Very With well. David Jockey on top. Brilliant. Um, do, you want, do you want to divulge that 33 to 1 shot now? Because we do have an any other business section. But I thought. Because oh, my column might not go live till tomorrow. I don't want to ruin the price. Okay, yeah. perfect. Let's just let's leave that then. That wraps Priorities. up. um tc and kev thank you very much as always we'll be back tomorrow where we'll be looking at sunday's action at the dublin racing festival double double whammy of racing only better this week you lucky lucky ducks out there uh don't forget bet 10 get 10 on racing multiples every saturday from now until the cheltenham festival and this saturday and sunday but please do read the show's description for the t's and c's because you now have to opt in so bear that in mind and finally just going to reiterate the point. Delighted to have Rachel Blackmore on board as the new Betfair ambassador. What a get that is. But for now, everyone, gamble responsibly. Enjoy the action. Join us again for the following show in 24 hours time.